ஹிம்தீனஸ்தீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீனீன
pass in the main subjects. So the syllabus of Ramadan is taqwa. And a person has to keep checking that how much have, am I passing in this taqwa. Alhamdulillah, in the house of Allah Ta'ala, we are safeguarded from many, many things. But there's still things in our heart we have to keep checking in. And then strengthen ourselves to the point where when we step out of the masjid, then that lesson of taqwa remains with us. Remains with us on the street, remains with us in the four walls of our homes, remains with us in our businesses, remains with us wherever we may be. So this is the whole object of this Mubarak month, to keep checking that how much of this taqwa we have acquired, keep making an effort to acquire this taqwa. So in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has made it very clear that this is the object of Ramadan. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ And in various ayats, Allah Ta'ala gives us the same command and the prescription of how to acquire this taqwa. So there are many ayats, but the three ayats that we have dealt with, and to repeat them, the first ayat that pertains to taqwa is, the ayat that pertains to the consciousness of akhirat. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsumma qaddamat lighad. O you believe, fear Allah, and consider what you have sent ahead for tomorrow. Tomorrow, the day of Qiyamah, when a person has this consciousness, this is the prescription for taqwa, to develop this consciousness of akhirat, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, of having to give an account of one's deeds in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. This is part of that muraqaba, that a person muraqaba this consciousness, that a person is forever conscious that Allah Ta'ala is watching him. He's all the time conscious of this. If a person is conscious that somebody is seeing him, all his actions change. Now, as soon as he believes that he's in privacy and nobody is watching, then he starts behaving differently. When he was in the eye of somebody, then there was a different way. And when he thought he's in privacy, then there's a different thing. Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, somebody, somebody asked him for some advice. So he said that, and the advice was about what is this meditation all about? This consciousness of Allah Ta'ala all about? So he says that if you disobeyed Allah Ta'ala, with this thought in mind, in other words, you were conscious of this, that Allah is watching me, then you are indeed a very, very reckless, daring, reckless person. That Can a person imagine that he is aware that he's being watched? He's being watched by his parents, or he's being watched, some person is aware that the police is watching him. And now while he's aware that the police is watching him, he's now going to commit crime. He knows he's being followed. So he says, I know I'm being followed, but I'm going to now go and steal. I'm going to go and commit this crime and that crime. That person is either reckless or insane. Reckless also is a very 
mild words. So he says, if you were conscious of this, that Allah Ta'ala is watching you and you still had the guts to do what you did, then indeed, this was a very, very reckless thing. You are daring beyond belief. Because Allah Ta'ala has full control over you. And if you did it thinking Allah Ta'ala is not watching you, then, now he was explaining it in the way of giving advice, he says this is a feeling of kufr. That at that time, if you thought Allah Ta'ala was not watching you, one is a person is forgetful of the reality. Now that is a different thing. But if a person at that time felt nobody is watching, Allah Ta'ala also doesn't know. That is a feeling of kufr. And if he was conscious Allah is watching, then how he ever had the courage to do something against the commands of Allah Ta'ala in that condition, that he was conscious Allah is watching. But what happens is, that while Alhamdulillah, no mu'min ever entertains this in his heart and mind, that Allah Ta'ala is not watching. But due to the layers of sin on the heart, that reality becomes covered in our hearts. And the consciousness of it doesn't remain in our minds. And as a result, a person, despite the belief being there, but he becomes so distanced from that reality that he forgets that Allah Ta'ala is watching. So all he is concerned about is that is the door locked, the curtains closed, or have I got everything set up in such a way that the history will get deleted. Nobody will be able to pick up what happened. Or have I covered my tracks in such a way that what I'm up to nobody will know. I'm too smart for everyone. Now that is all he'll be concerned about. Thinking he's covering his tracks, thinking he's too smart for anybody to catch up. But Allah Ta'ala is Alim and Khabir. Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing. Allah Ta'ala is all-seeing. Allah Ta'ala is all-powerful also. Hazrat Rahmatullah he used to discuss sometimes things in a very direct way. Often, in order for it to really hit the heart and a person to understand the realities. So sometimes he would explain this in a way which would be direct to the point. You would say, don't dare Allah Ta'ala. And think that you got your tracks covered. Because when you will continue in that manner recklessly, and think that everything is fine, you can carry on sinning. One is a person fell, he slipped up, he made some mistake, and he regrets it, he makes toba. It's possible he could fall again. But he is very remorseful of what happened. He is making a firm effort not to ever get caught up in that kind of thing again. He is getting rid of all the means that take him to that. He is keeping in the right company. He is doing whatever he can. Making the proper effort to stay far away. That too doesn't make him immune. He could possibly still slip in a moment of weakness. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. But a person who goes on recklessly sinning and not concerned and doesn't even bother thinking about Toba and keeps premeditating and planning how to continue with that sin. Now this is something that is now drawing the wrath of Allah Ta'ala.
Other to say that when a person carries on in this manner, someday he'll forget to close the door. And then he would say he'll get caught with his pants down. Someday he'll forget to close that door. He thought he was too smart. But Allah Ta'ala is above everything. So, this is the aspect, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. That incident of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, where he was traveling and saw the shepherd with a flock of sheep. So he told him, please, I want to buy one sheep from you. So he said to him, I'm just a slave. I don't own this. I can't give you, sell you any sheep. So he says, well, tell your master that one. Now he was testing him. Tell your master that one wolf came and devoured one sheep. One wolf came and devoured the sheep. So it, and you'll have the money. So this ordinary shepherd, this is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala he had. That as soon as he hears this, his response is, فَأَيْنَ Allah." Allah. You're telling me, just tell the master that the wolf came and devoured it. But where is Allah? Is Allah not watching? Is Allah not away? Is Allah Ta'ala not able to take me to task now for this? Hazrat Umar cried. And then when he came back to Madinah Munawwara, he then later went and bought that slave from his master. And he freed him. And in Imam Ghazali narrates this narration with one addition in the end that when Hazrat Umar freed him, he said to him that that your word, your statement has freed you in dunya, I'm hopeful the statement will free you in the akhirat as well. So this consciousness, Allah. This is what Ramadan, what is fasting giving us. This cry and this call from inside the heart, when nafs and shaitan are tempting a person towards haram, tempting him towards committing some wrong, tempting him to displease Allah Ta'ala, then that fa'ain Allah must shout out from inside the heart. When he is apparently alone and nobody is watching, but that time too he is conscious Allah is watching. Allah is aware. Allah knows. So this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, this is, together with this is the consciousness of Akhirat. Because Akhirat is the time when we have to present ourselves and account for our deeds in front of Allah Ta'ala. In dunya, dunya is the Darul Amal. There's no Hisab here. There's some little Hisab that happens in some ways. But the real place of Hisab and accountability is the Akhirat. And that is where everything will now be open. Al-Yawma Nakhtimu Ala Afwahihim وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ وَتَشْهَدُ أَرْجُلُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ Allah Ta'ala says we will seal their t- mouths. That too will be initially. In time the mouth will also speak. The tongue will also speak but not what it wants to speak. It will speak what it did. Without its choice it will say everything that it was made to say. Everything that it was made to do. And وَتُكَلِّمُنَا أَيْدِيهِمْ Their hands will speak. Their legs will speak. All the things that a person did. So, this is the first thing to acquire in this Mubarak month, this consciousness of Akhirat. Because this is the prescription to acquire this taqwa. A person who is conscious of Allah Ta'ala, conscious of the day of Qiyamah, then this person will remain with taqwa. And when we forget Allah Ta'ala, 
we forget this reality of the day of Qiyamah. Then a person carries on recklessly. So this is the first prescription that وَلْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ All the time to put ourselves on the day of Qiyamah. And as earlier we were discussing muraqabas, this is also one muraqaba. That a person meditates upon the day of Qiyamah. The day of Qiyamah has come. And I'm now being asked to give an account of my deeds. And everybody is present overhearing this. My parents are there, my ustads are there, my friends are there, my family is there, my children are there. Everybody is present. And now I'm going to be asked about all my deeds. Now only those deeds which a person deleted in dunya, that won't come up. What he deleted won't come up. And how is he going to delete it? Only that will get deleted which a person made sincere toba from. He made sincere toba, then that's gone. Provided that the toba was sincere, was genuine. Otherwise, it's all on record. And now those records will come up. And there, there is no corruption. <coughs> Can't pay somebody off, somebody off to now go and hide the file away somewhere. That file is in the record of Allah Ta'ala. So, this to meditate over this, that now the day of Qiyamah has come and I'm being asked about all my deeds. I'm being asked about what I looked at. I'm being asked about what I held in my hand. What I put in my mouth. What did I consume? What did I smoke? Where did I go? How did I use all the Bounties of Allah Taala. How did I use my wealth? How did I use my youth, my energy, my life? So now to meditate upon this. And that day is coming. That day a person, nobody will escape. And we have to make the abode of the Akhirat. Imam Shafi Rahmatullah one couplet, he says, وَلَيْسَ لِلْمَرْءِ دَارٌ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ يَسْكُنُهَا that a person has got no abode in the akhirat to live in except that abode which he built before death. After death he's got no abode but the abode that he built beforehand. But now it will depend what kind of abode he built. If he built it in a good way, built a good abode for himself, built his abode in Jannat, taba maskanuha, then he's going to enjoy living in it. And if he built an abode for himself in Jahannam, then he's destroyed himself. So, this is the first prescription of this taqwa, to keep developing this consciousness of Akhirat, and daily to dedicate time to think about this, to meditate over this death. Every night, we have been discussing this aspects of death. The objective is the same thing. That this becomes part of our daily life. Then the second prescription the Quran Shari gives us. Ya sadida. O you who believe, fear Allah. Now this is the same command of taqwa. Ittaqullah. But then, sadida. The prescription of bringing this taqwa in. Qulu qawlan sadida. 
which the summary of this is keep your tongue under control say that which is correct Allah Ta'ala says, say to my servants to speak that which is best, which is good. So, this controlling of the tongue, this is extremely vital. Many a times we lose a lot by means of the tongue, by rebirth, by breaking somebody's heart. Now, many a times we will just keep mocking somebody, teasing someone, causing this pain to someone in various ways, all by our tongue. Saying things that demean somebody, humiliate someone. All these are major sins. So, when a person is going to be controlling the tongue, and this is the most difficult thing, among the most difficult things to really keep under control. Because as it's a common saying, very well known saying, that a person slips more by his tongue than by his feet. And when he slips by his feet, then he might just injure himself slightly, break some one to bone maybe. But when he slips by his tongue, he might break homes. When he slips by his tongue, he will break hearts. When he slips by his tongue, he'll cause sometimes such fitna and such facade and such corruption that whole communities will get embroiled in it. So this is how dangerous the slip of the tongue is. So this is why Allah Ta'ala is giving us this command that look, keep your tongue under control. And when a person now will be all the time concerned that what I want to say, is it right? What I want to say, is it something that Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with? Or is it something that will cause me to lose my good deeds? Now before he's saying something, he's thinking. So this thinking, this is developing taqwa. Because why is he thinking? That he doesn't want to displease Allah Ta'ala. This is the essence of taqwa. That a person is all the time concerned and pondering and thinking that what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to look at, what I'm going to think about, what I am thinking about, is this going to be pleasing to Allah Ta'ala or is this taking me away from Allah Ta'ala? And then obviously that is the catalyst to now do what Allah Ta'ala would be pleased with and stay away from what Allah Ta'ala would be displeased with. This is taqwa. And this is the essence of this whole branch of deen known as Islah and Tazkiyah or Tasawwuf. The Tanwi Rahmatullah has summarized it in a very concise statement that the whole crux of all this effort is simply this the crux of all the effort of tasawwuf and islah and tazkiyah is simply this that when a person it is time for him to fulfill some obligation of deen or some responsibility that Allah has placed on him whether it is regarding his ibadat whether it is with regards to his mu'amalat his mu'asharat whatever it is so at that time, if he is now feeling some resistance, it's a time for Fajr and there's some resistance in waking up. It's a time for Zohar Asar, he's now occupied in whatever else, there's some resistance. So at that time he puts pressure upon himself and he does what he's supposed to do. And whenever he is being tempted to do something wrong, 
something against the commands of Allah Ta'ala, he applies the pressure on himself and he doesn't give in to that temptation. Person who's acquired this has acquired the object of tasawwuf and Islam and Tazkiyah. He's acquired the objective. That wherever this, there's a demand of Shariat to do something, then he's doing it. And in that process, there's something that is holding him back. He puts the pressure on himself and he still does what he's supposed to do. He doesn't hold back from that command of Allah Ta'ala. He doesn't shirk from fulfilling his responsibility. And wherever he's being dragged towards haram, dragged towards sin, that pull is there within. So he puts the pressure from within. If his heart breaks, he lets it break. But he doesn't give in to that demand of the nafs and to shaitan. And he remains firm. That is the essence of this whole branch of Islam and Tazkiyah, this whole effort of Islam and Tazkiyah and Tasawwuf. That a person fulfills his duty on both sides. Fulfills, does what he's supposed to do, doesn't give in to the haram temptations. He's achieved everything. So this controlling of the tongue is part of that. That now he wants to say something, but now he realizes he's wrong. This is ghibad. This is a lie. That I'm going to speak this lie. Then such a stench comes out of the mouth of a person who lies, according to the Hadith Sharif, that the angels flee a distance of one mile away. The angels don't want to be anywhere close. The angels of Rahmat. So now obviously when the angels of Rahmat have gone so far away, so there won't be a vacuum. So who will come close? Now the angels have gone far away, so all the shayateen will come close now. And the shayateen are all around him, so now he'll be directed by the shaitans. So this continuous reflection, what I'm saying, is it right, is it wrong? And if it's wrong, then I must not say it. That is this developing of this taqwa. It is inculcating this great lesson in him, this great uh, aspect of taqwa in his heart, that Allah is displeased with something, I'm not going to say it. So this is the second very, very essential prescription, aspect of controlling the tongue. And then the third prescription the Quran Sharif gives us is, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. O you believe, fear Allah Ta'ala, again the same command of taqwa, ittaqullah. Fear Allah Ta'ala wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. And be with the truthful. Those who have truth in their lives and heart. And what is this truth? Not only speaking truth. They are true to Allah Ta'ala. That's the first truth. Their commitment with Allah Ta'ala, they are true with Him. That they have said, Ya Allah, you are our Rabb. Inna alladheena qalu rabbuna Allah. Now they have made this declaration of faith. Now they are true in that. Thumma staqamu. Then they are now firm on that. They are steadfast on that. So the person who is true with Allah Ta'ala, this is Allah Wala. So this is the person who Allah Ta'ala is saying that kunu ma'as sadiqeen. Be with the truthful. Be with those who are true with Allah Ta'ala. If they are true with Allah Ta'ala, they'll be true with the servants of Allah Ta'ala also. It's not possible a person is true with Allah Ta'ala and he is lying to the servants of Allah Ta'ala. That too is not being true to Allah Ta'ala. 
So this is a prescription the Quran Sharif is giving us for inculcating taqwa. Ittaqullah. This is the command. And following it is the way of how to acquire it. That be with those who are truthful, those who have taqwa in their lives. Those who have the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. The company of a person will make him or break him. If he's in the right company, that company will have a positive effect on him. If he's in the wrong company, that company will have an effect on him negatively. And before a person knows it, that company will take him in whichever direction that company is inclined to. If it's good, that person also will get inclined to the good without even realizing how. Gradually, it will rub off onto him. Before he knows it, he'll be doing the right things also. He hasn't been ever performing his salah. And how often such a person gets somehow into the right company due to work or due to whatever. Gradually, he starts ending up performing his salah also. Because now everybody is going to the masjid when it's time for salah. Now how he's going to get left behind? One day, two days, five days, eventually he'll also start going. Likewise, everything else. And if he finds himself in the company of somebody who now, those who want to keep going to the vice dens, so how long he's going to resist? If he keeps in that company, he's going to follow up in that same direction. So this is the very essential thing, the aspect of the company we keep. Al-mar'u ala deeni khalilihi fal yanzur ahadukum may yukhalil. Nabi Islam says, a person will follow the way of his friend. So beware of who you befriend. Sometimes there's a group of friends. Now one person wants to do the right things. So others now say, well now you see, you're breaking this friendship. That is friendship. The first friendship is the friendship of Allah Ta'ala. We want to become the friends of Allah Ta'ala. Then if together with maintaining the friendship of Allah Ta'ala, Others are also compliant to that. They also want to be friends of Allah Ta'ala. Then we can also be friends. But if somebody wants to be friends of Shaitan, and we are trying to be friends of Rahman, how this is going to mix? So either we're going to get dragged away to Shaitan also. If the person doesn't want to leave the friendship of Shaitan, and he wants to keep us as a friend also, so he wants to make us also a friend of Shaitan. So therefore, we have to, we will never look down upon anyone, never think of ourselves as better than anyone, because that is only dependent on the end result. Who is better and who is not better, that we have no idea about. That is dependent only on the end result. So Bayezid Bustami once was crossing one narrow bridge, foot bridge, across one field, now there's streams or whatever little rivers run in the fields. So now a little footbridge. So now just one person can cross on it at a time. So now he, a lengthy footbridge, very narrow, maybe like 20 centimeters wide only. So now as he's walking, now it's lengthy footbridge, from the other side one dog came along. That's also walking. It wants to cross on the opposite direction. And now somewhere midway, he is standing on one side, this dog is on the other side. And 
somebody has to give way because this is a single lane now so there was a conversation between him and this dog in whichever way Allah Ta'ala made it happen either it was just inspiration Oh, like on the day of Qiyamah, everything will speak. Allah Ta'ala wills. Even in dunya, Allah Ta'ala can make an animal speak. A camel came and spoke to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi It made a sound. Nabi Sallallahu understood what it was saying. He then called for the master. Who's the master of this camel? This camel is complaining. You are overloading it. You are taking too much of work from it. So Allah Ta'ala made it speak. So any case, however this happened, so now he addressed this dog and said to it that look one of us has to give way rather you give way than me so the dog replied and said but why must I give you way what gives you the right of preference I'm also crossing I got a right to cross you got a right to cross so on what basis you should be given preference I'm also the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala so this dog replied and said that uh, this Bayezid Bustami replied and said that there's a difference between you and me. I'm responsible for deen. I'm going to be answerable for fulfilling all the commands of Allah Ta'ala. I have to go and perform my salah. If I jump down in the stream which is now filled with all najis water, unclean water, my clothes will become impure, my body will become impure, I will now have to, before going to perform salah, I'll have to go and wash myself, wash my clothes. And this will become an issue for me. And you jump in, it doesn't matter to you. You are, in any case, an animal. You are not accountable. So the dog replied back. Either this was by form of some inspiration that he was being receiving from Allah Ta'ala's side, that this is the answer of the dog now. That the dog replied and said that if I jump in, if you jump in, then your clothes will get soiled, your body will get soiled, which can be washed off with water. But if I jump in and give you way, your heart will get soiled because you'll regard yourself as better than me because I had to jump down and you had the right of way, so you are better. That will bring this vanity and pride in you, that will make your heart impure. And all the waters of the ocean also won't wash that impurity off. So rather you jump down, because that impurity of the clothes and body, you can wash off with the water. And as soon as this, as mentioned that it was either this inspiration from Allah Ta'ala's side, that this is this reply of this dog. Over the Allah Ta'ala made the dog speak in reality. As soon as this struck his heart, he immediately jumped down into that water which was filthy and najis and allowed the dog to pass and then went and washed himself. But now this is that lesson that we are never to regard ourselves better than anyone and not even better than an animal until we know that our end result has come on Iman. And that we will never know till that last moment Allah Ta'ala keep us with Iman and take us with Iman. One person, out of, in a state of mocking, he asked one Guzrug, who is better, you or the beard of my goat? He's mocking him. But the Ahlullah think very differently. They don't get caught up in these small, small things. 
and at the same time they have this, these realities in front of them. So these things don't bother them. So he spontaneously replied, see if I pass away on Iman, then I am better and Allah forbid if I leave this dunya without Iman, then the beard of your goat is better. Depends on the end result. So we will never look down upon anyone. We are not permitted to look down upon anyone, not permitted to think of ourselves as better. But who we befriend is still crucial. Without looking down upon anyone, without regarding ourselves as better, if somebody is involved in some wrong habit, then we'll make dua for him. If we can, we will encourage him. But associating is a different issue. That we will associate with those who have the right inclinations, who are inclined towards righteousness, who are making an effort to be better, then this will take us also in that direction. Otherwise, we will also get dragged up in whichever direction others are going also. So this aspect of company, and as we mentioned several times already, that this company is not confined to insan, to human beings, even what we have with us, a book a person is reading is his company, and especially in this zamana, nobody reads books anymore. Everybody is reading e-books only. Everybody is reading that device, whatever they're reading, Allah knows. So that is now that company, and that company can make a person, can totally break a person, can break his deen, can break his dunya also. So this is the prescription Allah Taala is giving him, giving us. That be with those who are truthful. And together with these three things, there are many, many other things. Person keeps. Now, obviously, this includes all the obligations of deen have come into this. And a person keeps regular on two more things. He keeps regular on two more things. And inshallah, the path of taqwa will become very easy for him. Other two things are constancy on the zikr of Allah Ta'ala and dua. Keeps making regularly his zikr, tasbihat, etc. He completes that, doesn't shirk in that, doesn't miss it out, and daily dedicates some time for dua. So, with this effort that he's making to keep the consciousness of akhirat, to keep his tongue under control, to keep in the right company and he adds to that the constancy on zikr and begging Allah Ta'ala. Then inshallah, inshallah, the path to taqwa and remaining on taqwa will become very easy for him. Because everything happens with the help of Allah Ta'ala. Now when he is remembering Allah Ta'ala regularly and begging Allah Ta'ala's help through dua, then inshallah Allah Ta'ala's help will come. Ud'uni astajib lakum. Allah Ta'ala has given us that declaration, you call unto me, I will answer your call. But this dua has to be regular also. And from the heart, one is a person is rattling something off, he doesn't even know what he's saying. For the barakat of the masnoon duas, for some duas of the Quran and sunnah should be recited. But then a person should be conscious of what he's asking. And this dua is something that is itself a means of strengthening the bond with Allah Ta'ala. 
And to the extent that a person has strengthened his bond, to that extent he'll be able to engage in dua. When a person is sitting with someone who's a total stranger to him, somebody came from far away, total stranger. So now he starts, the person is sitting next to him, maybe they're traveling together or wherever, they met something. Now the person is strange to him, so now he starts trying to make conversation. So first he asks him about, well, where you came from? He says he came from England. So how's the weather there? So that's the first thing he'll talk about, the weather. So whether the weather is hot or whether the weather is cold now. So he finished talking about the weather now. So after finish telling him that what the weather about is, the conversation goes cold also. <laughs> because now they are still strangers to one another. Now he'll have to think of what next to talk about. But after some time now, they've been meeting for several days. And every day they're sitting. So now in a short while, there is this bond that starts developing. And after some time, now they've become very good friends. So now he's sitting and he's talking and time is going and the night is passing. Now he's looking at his time and watch and he's saying to him also, that now I'm in big trouble now. I'm going to go home so late. I'm going to really catch it. So the friend says, carry on sitting now. You're already going to catch it. You might as well make it worthwhile. <laughs> So now, that discussion can't stop. So that discussion is going on, and the time, he can't even notice that how much of time has passed. So what has happened? What has changed? This bond. So likewise, when this bond with Allah Ta'ala has been developed, then to talk to Allah Ta'ala will become very easy. To talk to Allah Ta'ala will become very easy. And a person will be, will find it hard to stop talking to Allah Ta'ala because of this bond. So this is the thing to now develop, this dua. One is dua in the formal manner. Person is sitting, facing the qibla with his hands raised and fulfilling all the adab and etiquettes. That is something that should be done daily. And there should be some dedicated time for that. But over and above that, dua is something that is so simple and so easy. It is simply talking to Allah Ta'ala directly from one's heart. Person is driving now. While he's driving, he can't be doing many other things, but his heart can be still talking to Allah Ta'ala. His tongue can be engaged in zikr sometimes. Sometimes his heart is talking to Allah Ta'ala directly. Ya Allah, I'm going to work, you make my work easy for me. Ya Allah, you make this day a day which becomes very profitable for me. Ya Allah, you save me from all the challenges in the workplace. Ya Allah, you enable me to conduct myself in a way that I don't displease you one moment. Ya Allah, you help me to do that which will bring me closer to you. Now all this, he's talking about whatever his personal needs are. Ya Allah, I have this problem, remove this problem for me. Ya Allah, have that need granted to me. Ya Allah, that person is ill, give him shifa. All these things he's talking directly to Allah Ta'ala. At that time, he's got to be driving now, or he's walking, he has to be walking, he has to go to his work. He's lying down, trying to fall asleep. Many people trying to fall asleep, say, well, I don't get sleep early, so what I do now, I have to count sheep. Are <laughs> count sheep and do what? <laughs> After counting all that sheep, you still haven't got one. What are you going to count sheep and do? Talk to Allah Ta'ala. Engage the heart. That is a mukhul ibadah. 
Now, a person at that time is lying down, he's not engaged in salah, he, he's not engaged in tilawat of the Quran Sharif, he doesn't want to keep his tongue moving because he's trying to sleep. So, without any lip movement, without any tongue movement, his heart is talking to Allah. And he falls asleep in that. And imagine his death comes in that moment. He meets Allah Ta'ala talking to Allah Ta'ala. But this requires that we just become conscious of this. So one is the zikr, constancy on zikr, and constancy on dua. The formal dua also, some dedicated time for that, and over and above that. This dua directly from the heart, every now and again. Obviously you're going to have our work to do, sometimes you're going to have to be thinking of what you're doing, paying attention to you, whatever the task on hand is. But every now and again there's that free moment. Every now and again there's something which the mind now is just getting occupied in nothing beneficial. The mind is just wandering here and there and everywhere. At that time, engage this heart and mind in dua, in talking to Allah Ta'ala, in conversing with Allah Ta'ala. A person is coming back home now, after work. Now he's coming and now he's just worried about now, I hope everything, instead of just worrying, turn that to dua. Ya Allah, I'm going back home, let me find everything in a manner that's pleasing for me. Ya Allah, I'm going back home, let the environment of the home be a, an environment of happiness and peace. Ya Allah, fill my home with barakat. Ya Allah, grant that muhabbat and bond between all the people of the household. Now as he's going along, he's talking, now this is further strengthening that bond. Like that friend, he talks to him every day, now he wants to talk even more to him. Now that bond and friendship gets stronger. So likewise, the more he talks to Allah Ta'ala in this manner, the more he is developing and strengthening this taluk with Allah Ta'ala. And this is such a simple and easy way of developing this bond. It's not even taking any extra time. He's busy with whatever he has to do. He's driving, he's walking, he's doing his work. And in that moment, he's strengthening this taluk with Allah Ta'ala. So this is such a simple thing. So when all these things, inshallah, will be put together, we find that Allah Ta'ala will make it easy and Allah Ta'ala will grant us that great wealth of taqwa which this Mubarak month of Ramadan is for. Allah Ta'ala give me also and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bimahu wa ahlu. ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله